This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. I feel we're all in the business of influence and the way we do that, particularly at Google, is through data. Obviously, data can tell a story for us, but is there a sense of credibility that comes with data that can influence that change? It's quantitative in nature. You can certainly misinterpret it, but fundamentally the data is the data. We use a criteria for four types and we have a framework to ensure they're really impactful. So. The first thing is... Why should a business owner care about data and insights? What's in it for them? Yeah, sure. So... What it really means to live like golden. Yeah, we're golden, baby girl, we're golden. Yeah, about to see it shine, cause we're golden. They can't ever break us down, cause we're golden. They're about to see us glow, cause we're golden. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um... We've been talking for a little while and we've tried to make this happen at a few different events mm-hmm. and, and so on. Um, but I, I think um, from the get-go, I've been really interested in your role. And I think one of the key components to that was just the fact that I feel like data and insights in a business is just so, uh, one, fundamentally important, um, but there's an art. Uh, to using data and insights to actually make decisions Mm. um, and and more importantly, create insights. Um, So without further ado, I want you to give yourself a bit of an introduction, um, a little bit about your role, how you got into it, um, and, you know, then we can dive into the rest of the conversation. Yeah, for sure. Um, So my name's Laura Parr. Um, I work in strategy and insights um, at Google and I support the retail team um, both in Melbourne and New Zealand. Um, So part of this is a lot on kind of twofold. One area is a lot on long-term strategic thought leadership in terms of insights and building narratives and kind of looking ahead and looking at the future around consumer behaviour and industry trends and competitive competitive intel and thinking and planning around what could happen in the market. Mm. And then another side of it is very much more sale pitches um, and building insights and narratives to drive media sales and support our clients with their marketing and business objectives. And you can, and this is where, I think that's kind of at the core, what I loved about, um, or why I think it's so fundamentally important because the two kind of roles that you just mentioned then that it plays in in the Mm. business of Google, right? Is like, there's two different use cases, but it really fundamentally comes down to the same core principles. Yes. I feel we're all in the business of influence And the way we do that, particularly at Google, is through data and through insights, particularly compelling and impactful insights. Considering, you know, the the data that you would have, you can see just how important that that would be. Yes. So exactly right. Um, At Google, we have a, and we're very fortunate, I feel very privileged um, to be in the position to have a wealth of data. Um, But it's more around... How do you sift through that data? How do you navigate through it and really pull out the compelling insights? Um, And so, yeah, as I mentioned at Google, we sit on a wealth of data. Um, We have great qualitative, quantitative, Google Trends, insights, analytics. I could go on. There is so much available to us. Well, it's really important is understanding what exactly we're looking for in terms of what question we need answered or hypotheses to prove or disprove and finding what is the most impactful data that we know will influence because we're all in the, the, I guess, the business of influence and driving change. And so very much we focus on identifying and crafting those insights 
for that outcome. Uh, Google Trends is one of the greatest Love it. tools so of all so time. <laughs> like yeah. it's so it's so useful. Um, and you know, I remember the first time I come across it and, and started using it, I was like, um, "How is this free?" Yes, I know. <laughs> yes, a bit of a shout out. Google Trends yeah. publicly available. Uh, Real time insights. Uh, basically in every market can cut the data by different categories, regions, time, look at trend data, all available, all free online. And it's in fact something we encourage um, our clients and our agencies to use quite a bit um, for their own insights and for their own kind of hypothesis testing or answering research questions because there's a wealth of data there. It's really, really powerful um, and compelling and yes, go use Google Trends. Amazing. So why should a business owner care about data and insights? What, what, what's in it for them? Yeah, sure. So I think regardless of your role in the business, um, data is fundamentally important to influence. As I mentioned before, we're all in the business of influence um, and we use evidence, we use data, we use insights to really influence and drive change. So at the end of the day, we're all trying to change something, um, whether that's behaviour change, whether that's a mindset, whether that's uh, investment and revenue um, or getting the client to do something different. And we start with data and we use data and really compelling, impactful data to then shift that mindset or drive a change in thinking or the investment that they're making. Is there something psychological that humans, like what's the psychological attachment from a human to, from humans to data, right? So as in, Obviously, data can tell a story for us, mm. um, but is there a sense of credibility that comes with data that that can influence that change? Like, is there what is that relationship? If you could touch on that, yeah. So, there's a bit on the data of and the science of storytelling, which I think we'll get to in another episode. Um, but data obviously builds credibility. It gives you um, it's quantitative in nature, right? So you can't argue with data you can certainly misinterpret it or misunderstand it or it can be very much painted in a way to influence or skew um, but fundamentally the data is the data um, as long as it's robust and you know measured and captured and reported on the right way you can't really argue with it mm. i love that because I'm, I, I, I'm i'm big on data myself mm. um, and there's some really great products that are out there at the moment that i think you know, well, I think we'll obviously touch on this at some point, but like things like benchmarking and and these kind of things, um, and more in systems way of thinking, right? Is that yeah. telling us whether or not we are getting closer to the ideal system to deliver on a certain product or service or whatever that is? Yes, is 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 highly important. Um, I'd love for you to touch on the different types of data. So you mentioned the words qualitative and quantitative, and yeah, can you give us some, I guess, definitions on on what they are and maybe some examples of of how they're used in business. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, fundamentally, two types of data, qualitative and quantitative. Um, kind of looking at my notes here. No, um, right. You know, the quant is very much the what, the qual is the why. Um, so when we think about quantitative data, you know, we're talking about data, historical data, trends, comparisons, um, quantifying attitudes, consumer behaviour. Um, whereas the qual, as I mentioned, is more the why. So thinking about depth interviews or focus groups, um, through quotes, it's more exploratory in nature. Um, you can often uncover complex meaning or motivations. And so 
both are important, both are really relevant. Depends on the nature of what you're trying to solve for, the research question, um, and the outcome you're after. Both incredibly powerful. And in fact, I say, marry up your qualitative data with your quantitative data to paint a holistic picture of what you're trying to solve for. Um, they're both really important. Yeah. What, what are some examples that of, say, um, qualitative and quantitative data, you know, specifically, right? So you mentioned that um, quantitative data maybe have some core categories that, mm. that can be used um, and then the quali qualitative data, um, you know, is, is can be more storytelling in nature. But what are some examples of, say, um, where a company could use both of those to paint a, a picture for... Um, to, to influence, as you mentioned. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and so, look, I'll use a Google example and one I used for the team earlier today. Um, when you think about consumer kind of research and their shopping and purchase journey, um, we look at touch points and different channels and how they're researching. As example, we know Google search um, is one of the most uh, important touch points and most frequently used um, in the research journey. And so we've got data that backs that up, you know, proportion of customers using search and we can compare that to other platforms, social platforms, um, through in-store visits, through apps, through uh, brand websites, etc. That's great. It tells us a, a point in time, quant data on usage on search. Great. But it doesn't uncover the why or the motivations or really the story around what's being searched or why they're going to that channel. Um, and so often I marry that up and kind of validate it with a qualitative example from my own personal experience and storytelling around, for example, I'm in store, I'm constantly on my phone checking a rating or a review or a price. I don't know if you do this in store, but I'm checking the best discount, the sale, where it's available, is it, you know, available in stock? Um, what did other customers say about it? And for me, that indicates not necessarily qualitative, um, but it does give an insight more behind the meaning and the motivations and why I'm using search in particular or that device or that channel to help and support my shopping journey. Team, if you're loving this episode and you wanna help support the show so that we can continue to grow and share the wisdom of amazing individuals, please remember to go hit the subscribe button. You have no idea how much it helps us. Obviously, quantitative data can be captured in many different ways. Yep. You know, um, if you're a platform, it can be um, obviously, uh, the usage and, and so on, um, mm -hmm. forms are great at, at times. Um, what about the qualitative side? Like, so, so, cause I mean, or can you even pro provide some examples of how data can be captured for, for both, for both qualitative and quantitative? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, quantitative survey data is a good one. Um, I mean, app ratings, uh, anything that kind of identifies and quantifies um, a number, right? We're talking about quant. On the qual side, think about, it could be a quote in a newspaper, an article. Um, it could be a personal story or storytelling example that you're giving. Um, it's a snippet that you get from an interview or that you overhear on the street. Um, so they're very different sources and the way you collect the data is quite different for the two. I would yeah. also say that um, when you think about crafting insights and whether it's qual or quant, that can come from anyone. I always think you know innovation can come from anyone in the business. Insight can come from can come from anyone in the business. And 
we're all consumers, right? We're all consumers of, you know, products and services and we all, you know, buy, research, use most things that we're talking about or we're working with our clients and agencies on. And so think about your own shopping experience, your own personal examples, you know, talking with friends, with family. Um, I always bring those personal stories to conversations and to demonstrate and validate often the qualitative research or to prove a point around my own experience. Is it as simple to say that if you have a data point, you know, let's say a quantitative data point, that your qualitative is the example and the story that you're telling or sharing to, I guess, solidify that point? Yes, but not necessarily. Yeah, I think qual and quant are just two different types of data and data sources, but how you bring them to life, how you communicate them, how you show them, can both be used through, for example, storytelling, metaphors, analogies. Um, I wouldn't just limit one to one type of data. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so when we talk about taking these types of data and then, um, I guess, creating compelling insights, um, one, first of all, uh, what's the criteria for that? You know, so, um, uh, and then, and then second of all, what are some examples of where companies can can use yeah uh, can be using these data points you know in terms of it might be in retail um, mm. you know how how are you seeing companies and brands and that are using these this kind of data to make decisions yeah sure um, I'll start with the criteria because I think that's really important particularly when you talk about you know crafting building influential and compelling insights and remember that's influential. Mm. Um, we need to use the insights to change behavior or drive something different in the business. Um, but basically at Google, we, we use the criteria for four types um, and we have a framework to ensure they're really impactful. So the first thing is they need to be new and surprising, have a novelty factor to have a clear implication to make it really clear what action is needed. Three, we talk about context and comparison and making the data points relative and then fourth respected and a validated or credible data source um so i can go through each of them in a bit more detail yeah let's do that because I'm, I'm really interested yeah. to kind of understand those so the first one was novelty yeah it's on novelty so look when you share data right you want to share something that's new and surprising for your audience um, we want to find a new insight. They all have an advantage and they're much more compelling over something that's very familiar. Um, I'll give you an example. We all know mobile penetration in Australia is really high, like 98% um, of Aussies have a mobile phone. But did you know 98% of Aussies take their phone to the bathroom with them? So, I mean, it's not great, but the implication there is, you know, just instead of just sharing the penetration rate of mobile phone use, well, the implication is that we're addicted to our phones, right? We take them everywhere with us. Um, we're tied to our phone and so much so we're taking them to the bathroom just to illustrate how often we're on our phone, how much we're using them. Um, and I guess the power of, I guess, showing up on a mobile phone and being there and being a great channel to connect with your audience, um, given the strong reach and engagement that we're seeing on that platform. Yeah. And so the novelty is important because uh, like the use case, right? So like, mm. or, or the influence, right? It's like the idea of, um, capturing someone's attention. Yes. 
Yeah. You want to share something that surprises your audience, that is something they haven't heard of before um, and is not familiar to them. Because Pete, that's 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 human nature, isn't it? It's yes. the idea to like, you know, we are interested in things that are new, mm. and they, that's what piques our attention. Whereas yeah. familiar things, we kind of, we don't, you know, we're not as interested with them. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's probably common. Everyone would agree. Yeah, we know how many Aussies have a phone. Cool, great. What's that really telling us? Do we know how many people are taking them to the bathroom? Probably not. So that gives an indication, and really, the impl- the implication there is. Yeah, that we're addicted, right, to this medium. We can't get off our phones. And I think that's the new surprising or novel factor um, that's just a bit more compelling and a bit more influential than sharing just how many people have a phone. Awesome. And what was number two? Number two is having a clear implication, so being actionable. Um, So it's that kind of commercial so what. Uh, You already know what to do when you see the insight. Um, so good, I'll give you an example here. Um, something that's not actionable. For example, if I was to tell you uh, people who buy pet food also buy bananas. Okay, cool, great. What do I do with that information, right? What's the action? Whereas if I told you, well, people who buy pet food say their number one issue is the smell, right, of that pet food. Well, the implication is clear, right? The smell is a real pain point for customers. Um, Mm. and the pet food manufacturer needs to change that if they're trying to increase sales of pet food. So it's just making sure that the insight that you craft is clear on the action that needs to be taken. Yeah, okay. And so the the implication obviously needs to be based on some sort of uh, human need relate that has or, or... um, so is there the, the and, and so the relationship to the novelty mm. is the and and okay I'm just trying to piece these two together so the novelty is important to capture the person's attention yep. part of that I'm guessing is similar to the the fact that it needs to there needs to be a reason for someone to actually pay attention to this yes and then the implication is the second part which is like keeping them engaged and I'm, I, I i can see how this leads to storytelling in a way yeah it's like the second part is like cool this is why you should pay this is uh there's this cool insight here yeah that um, means something to you yeah and, and then this is care. why you should pay attention to it yes and now what you should do as a result because i guess our job when we craft insights is it's not sharing information or sharing data it's sharing insights and so by nature that means something that the client or agency can do with but our job is to make it clear what that action or implication is it's really the so what factor Mm. yeah and number three number three context and comparison um so this one's very much about using kind of benchmarks or similar markets um, to provide more context um what i call it kind of is supercharging or amplifying an insight um because the data point is in isolation, it's just really hard to understand. Um, understand its size, its magnitude, um, whether it's changed over time. So you really need that context and the background as to why it matters now. Mm. Um, and I'll give you a good example. Uh, app downloads and app usage is something we look at for many of our clients. Um, and I've got a stat, 129,000 app downloads over the quarter for our leading grocery retailer. Great. 
Is that good? Is that bad? On its own, in isolation, we actually don't know if that data point um, is a positive for them and growing or declining. But what we can look at is compare it to a competitor. For example, we found a challenger brand, HelloFresh, um, relatively new on the market a few years ago, also had that same number, 129,000 app downloads in the same period. Ooh, okay, that's interesting, mm. that comparison point. It now tells us that, hey, despite being a market leader and you think you've got great downloads, app downloads, and you've got a strong brand presence, you're actually being matched by a smaller, less known brand. And so it's a bit of a watch out around, hey, just a reminder, there are other competitors in market and gives them sense, a sense of relativity based on their own performance. And I can see how this would be just so important for say, like just product discoverability or in a sense, right? It's like, or even just product development, you know, yes. in terms of the idea of not just, you know, looking at competitors, but looking at markets and categories and mm. and and so on and, and helping you make decisions to whether or not uh, like I'll give you an example with our podcast agency we made yeah. a clear cut decision to focus on our businesses first rather than creators um, and that was purely because we looked at the market and we looked at the number of podcast agencies that there were in Australia mm. and then we looked at the percentage of the markets that they served yeah. and predominantly um, you know I think it was like 90% of those businesses were advertising businesses. Mm. Um, and so for us, we wanted to serve an unserved market. Yeah, nice um, gap in the market. Yeah, and so like the con, like I can see, so um, obviously the novelty yeah. um, factor, the implications, and then the third one is obviously the context. Yes. And I can just see how important that, that would be. And number four? Yeah. Number four, um, respected, validated data source. So... Um, as I mentioned before, at Google in particular, you know, we sit on a wealth of data, but showing it and showing it alone is kind of like marking our own homework. Um, how credible is it? I feel like we, we bring more credibility when we marry it up and validate it with third party research and other data sources. Um, and that could be claimed, it could be behavioral data. Um, and just a shout out and a reminder, always add sourcing on yeah. your slides um you know robust methodology the sample size the timing yep um pet peeve but always include sourcing um it just builds and brings credibility to the data could we could we potentially try to run um not a not an example but you know like some sort yeah an example but it doesn't have to be a real one necessarily mm. through that those kind of four stages, if that makes sense. So like, and, and, you know, we could, um, so we can give kind of the, the listener at home something that they can tangibly understand with say the one example. Yes. Which is difficult to do. We can work through it together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can workshop it together and look, it is hard to kind of hit that, those four criteria on the one insight. Yeah. Um, and often, and it's hard with like a podcast, it's easier like, for example, on a slide and showing some something visual. And in fact, it might be a few data points that you show that bring the context, that bring the action, that bring that novelty factor. Um, it could be both qual and quant on the one slide, um, but ideally the point you're trying to prove hits on those four criteria. Yeah. Awesome. So we have the first 
uh, criteria is novelty. Yes. The second is, is it actionable? Actionable. The third is... Context. Context. So, um, you know, is it relative? Yep. And then the last one is the credibility piece. You know, does it have credibility? Mm. Um, I'd love to run through some examples with you. Um, we were chatting off air before around um, Spotify and, and some of the data points that they released. And so one of the core data pieces or one of the big questions that we get with the podcast agency is how long should my podcast be? Mm. Um, and I've always said it's the wrong answer. Like Joe Rogan is the number one podcast in the world. He podcasts for three hours, yeah. you know, like – you know, it, it's not a, you know, there's no one size fits all. So I think it's a, it's a good example. Um, and so they released, Spotify actually released some data on um, the category the podcast is in and the average length versus, uh, sorry, it wasn't even average length, it was average watch time. Mm. So the, the total watch time, not the length of the podcast, but the average length of people actually listening so that could mean people drop off, you know, the podcast will be an hour, but they might, the average is, you know, half an hour or whatever it is. But um, so, you know, from a novelty perspective, mm. I thought that was really interesting. Definitely piqued my interest. Yeah, for sure. Um, because it wasn't just the average podcast length. It was per category and watch time. No watch time. You might not have had that data ever before. Exactly. Um, impl- uh, is it actionable? I, I thought it was, you know, for from our perspective, we could, um, you can now guide your clients on, you know, the average watch time length for that category. For exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Gives them guidance. Yep. And so um, context. Um, You've got a comparison point there, like a point of relativity, right? If you look at different categories or different topics, you know the watch time and you can compare, yeah, the different watch times for different topics. And then the last one is probably the one that we question, mm. right, is the credibility because Spotify, from what I know, is not, you know, it's not even a quarter of the market share. Yes. So there's obviously um, YouTube, there's Google Podcasts, there's yeah. Apple Podcasts. And so we're not um, fundamentally getting the data relative to the whole market. No. Um, and, yeah, you want to make sure that it's, it's credible, it's coming from the right source. I might not reflect the whole industry. Um, and so you probably want to marry up that Spotify data with other data from another podcast platform. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's a really interesting example of, the, I guess, got running one insight or a, a group of insights through one category. Do you have any others that we could we could lean on? Yeah, sure. And look, I've got one up. Um, I was looking at this. was actually a, a tweet from um, ABS, which is a really interesting one. And... ABS do great insights and side-by-side examples. They often post on, on social media. Um, and they looked at the life expectancy of Aussies versus Game of Thrones characters. Um, and as an example, uh, Australians live to 83 years on average. Um, Game of Thrones characters, they're put here 29 hours, um, which is maybe the length of time they're on, you know, a, a number of episodes. And so walking through the criteria, right, is it credible? Well, yes, right, it's coming from the ABS, which, you know, government-funded, well-established, you know, stats institution. I feel like that's good credibility. Is it novel? Kind of, yes. It's new, it's surprising. Look, we all know kind of the average life expectancy of an Aussie, but then, hey, looking at it by a Game of Thrones character, that's quite different. 
and a novel way to look at it. You've got that relativity or point of comparison because we compare an Aussie to a Game of Thrones character and that side-by-side example, 83 years versus 29 hours. I would question, though, is it actionable, right? What do we do with this information? What do we do with this now? Um, And so it kind of hits three of the four criteria, but probably not clear on so what or what do we do with that? And I guess the core reason that's important is you would then have to question whether or not it's something that you're going to use to tell your story or to validate the point you're trying to make. Yeah. Um, Which is the whole point of what we're really trying to do with data. And so similar to, I mean, if I was trying, if we were trying to do some marketing or we were trying to validate our product and service or we were trying to give insight to a client potentially with the previous example, Mm. we would want to go through those steps to validate whether or not it's something that we're going to use yes um and the reason is is because there's usually implications down the line if you don't yes whether that's a false start with a product whether it's um you know being found out you know there's plenty of those instances where data points that have been used by people have been found to be not credible and and then that hurts your own credibility as a brand as well so there i think it, it is really good insight into okay there's massive opportunity out there when it comes to data and insights, but there's mm. also massive implications. There is, absolutely. And, you know, you have a responsibility to really show and illustrate the data in the most accurate, correct, credible way. Um, and doing that, but, you know, making it interesting, novel, compelling, influential. Um, but, yeah, it's a big responsibility for sure. Awesome. Laura, I want to say thank you for your time. On the next episode in this Learn series, we're going to be touching on the story of storytelling, elevating your story for maximum impact. So we're going to kind of touch on the next stage, which is taking these data points and creating a really compelling story to get people engaged with whatever it is that you're doing. So I hope you guys enjoyed and um, stay tuned. Yeah, we'll go, man.